what a G. Well, yes, and you're locked into the Pretty Girl Problems podcast, yeah, with myself, Naomi Bellu, aka the Diva Baby. Thanks for tuning in. All right. <laughs> Energy's crazy high. Let me even turn on the volume because what I've realized is that I don't, not that I don't have an inside voice, but I just don't know how to use it as well as I know how to use my outside voice. <laughs> Anyways, we are gathered here today to talk about, that's not even the drum roll sound, I can't make the drum roll sound, it's, yeah, anyways, self-validation, self-validation, I want to start off by reading two things that really hit me spiritually, uh, first one was this, <coughs> it says, I think some people need to understand, no, start again, Amy, you can't read, it says, start again, I think some people need to understand. Oh, no, you know when you, do you know what it is about reading? It's about how you read. And this is why it's important to put commas and stops. Grammar is important, people, because yeah. Okay, start again. <laughs> it says, I think something people need, to, something people need to understand is that others disliking you is not a bad thing. When you are embodying your true authentic self, it creates fear in people who still operate from the ego. If you want to grow, to heal and to evolve, you have to let go of wanting to be liked. And that hit home for me because we've spoken loosely about the fear of being misunderstood and what that does to a person. Like you really find yourself going out of your way to, you know, overcompensate for people's lack of understanding for you, whether that's in thought or in action or, you know, I just find, well, maybe I should speak more for myself. I have found myself compromising who I am in hopes of not rubbing people the wrong way or in hopes of, you know, not being, you know, deemed as being too strong, too vocal or, or too expressive. And all that's done over the years has just made me not happy about who I am. And that has made me question myself and question whether you know, how people perceive me is a reflection of who I am or whether how I feel about myself is a tr is my true self. Um, and then let's talk about the second quote because we are going to dive into this further because it's literally, I walked into, it's funny actually because I was late for my therapy session by 21 minutes and the cap time for being late is 20 minutes and literally as I walked through the door, my therapist was downstairs with his bag ready to go put my folder away and I was like, sorry, I'm late. What are we gonna do from here? And just like, you know what, you're here, let's just do it. Um, and I was really buzzing to go in and tell him how proud I am of my newfound awareness of self. But anyways, let's, uh, da, 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 the second one that I found. Okay, the second thing that I saw um, says, my friend just said this to me, sometimes you have to make peace with the fact that you are the villain in someone else's story, even if you thought you were doing the right thing. You don't get to tell them how to narrate their experiences. <laughs> Do you know what it is about reading, yeah? And this is why I encourage people to read. This is why I encourage people to seek to have, like, you can't really say enlightening conversations because enlightenment is a subjective term. But to just, to just... Okay, okay. Reading gives me validation. I think I, I encourage people to do things that gives them the validation that I find through words. Because I think what I forget sometimes is there are, is it five lo uh, love languages? And love languages don't have to be specifically directed at romantic relationships. A love language is, is, is about who you are as a person. So if your love language, for example, my, even though 
we all, in order for you to feel loved as a 360 concept, you have to present all five of the love languages, but they are in, uh, is it in order of, you know, what you respond to the most. And over the last five years, or I'm going to say six, so five years ago, my love language, uh, my first love language was, uh, I think it was words of affirmation. And then when I did it, I think last year it was physical touch and I did it again this year and it's gone back to words of affirmation because I'm, a, I'm very big on communicating and, 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 uh, and just transparency. Like I'm, 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 I'm forever, ask my friends, ask my sisters, ask my, my ex even, <laughs> like, I'm very big on words. I, I, I go out of my way to over-communicate because I'm very, like, it, it's very important for me to both know where I stand with somebody and for them to know where they stand with me. And I feel like I can only do that best through my words. So I will directly and explicitly say, like, how I feel or what you've done to upset me. And what that makes me look like very often is, like, a very confrontational kind of person. But it's just that, boy, if we have an issue... The only way that I feel like it makes sense for us to get to the bottom of what's wrong is to talk about it. Now, the two things that are wrong with that with that is that, number one, when I'm ready to talk, it might not mean that somebody else is ready to talk, number two. And what, I, what I've noticed very quickly is that I become petty in that if I want to talk about something and you kind of dismiss me or shut me out... When you're ready to talk, I can become petty and feel like, okay, well, I tried to talk to you about it before. Now I'm having, now I have an attitude, and they have to deal with my attitude rather than trying to deal with somebody who's willing to reason. And the second thing is obviously knowing that just because I'm fond of communicating and I'm very good at articulating myself and I'm very, you know, emotionally intelligent. I know well again, emotional intelligence has a lot of parts to it, and uh, the the part of the emotional intelligence that I know that I have is the ability to identify how I feel and to also, um, what's it called, uh, communicate the, my emotions. Um, the reaction part <laughs> of the emotional intelligence is something that I'm, yeah, we working on it. Baby steps. Now, um, I screen, I took a screenshot, I was going to say I screenshotted, which is not very good English. Um, I took a screenshot of um, something that I said today because I had a little tiff with my sister because we have we always have like communication clashes because from what I see oh, she's probably going to be annoyed that I've said this but yeah okay let me in fact let me read but now you guys know that it was like it, it was inspired by that interaction in it but I'm not throwing shade at my sister online because that makes <laughs> her petty I put this on my Twitter, follow me on Twitter, at Naomi Bellu, N-A-O-M-I-M-B-E-L-U, Bellu, not Mbilu, not M just Mbelu, yeah? Um, it says, too many of you humans, and I find it jokes when I say that because it's almost as if I'm saying I'm not human, but personally, you don't have to agree with me, I think I'm just different from the rest, from the majority, we'll say that. Anyways, uh, too many of you humans don't explicitly say how you feel, but expect others to understand that you're in a emotion by your, by the, oh, by where, start again. I can't even read my own tweet. I don't know if I'm good at reading, you know, you know, we make jokes about the people that read, I don't know if I'm one of those people. And I also need to take a dyslexia test because sometimes I get overwhelmed with text. Like it just looks like, whoa, 
and my eyes are like, and my brain's adjusting to. Anyways, Naomi, just read what you wrote. I wrote, too many of you humans don't explicitly say how you feel, but expect others to understand that you're in a emotion by your, by your other means of communication. And I think it's mad childish to expect people to read in between the lines. And then I said, even when things appear to be clear, what isn't said can't be addressed and what isn't addressed can't be solved. Personally, I don't understand why that tweet hasn't got like a thousand retweets because the substance is just too much. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's be just kind of loosely throwing a lot of concepts and quotes in the air just to get you thinking about the topic of today, which is self-validation. Now, I remember watching a video of, of Oprah, who is like one of my like top inspirations. I would love, to, I am going to meet her in fact. Remember I told you, she just inspires me so much. I aspire to be like her, not just in terms of like her, um, you know, the growth of her career and where she is, but just in terms of how she's been able to create a platform that helps people and it encourages conversations about some of the taboo and conversations that people aren't willing to talk about. Um, and you know, the, per the interpersonal topics, should I say. Um, and then I remember her saying that, um, I mean, in closing, she was saying that everybody seeks validation and she said that she's interviewed so many different people from, like, celebrities such as Beyonce right down to, like, you know, people who have committed crimes and all of those people, the minute the cameras or the mics are turned off, they tend to ask her a question which would be along the lines of, did I do okay? And what that made her realise very quickly is that as humans, we all just want to feel heard and to feel validated. And what we sometimes do is we find ourselves, you know, forcing people to validate us. And when we are quote unquote rejected or when we are dismissed or we feel unheard, we allow those scenarios to define us. And we start to project how people view us or how, you know, people's actions. Uh, we just start to, we, we, we start to embody those things. And... Yeah, I mean, the podcast doesn't even have to be that long. I could really just end it there when it comes to the topic of self-validation. I think it is very easy to... Do you know what it is? It's a matter of personal development. And I remember being at um, Liberty, which is a creative hub. I encourage a lot of young people to do their research around Liberty. Anybody that's an aspiring creative, anybody that has projects that they're trying to like build or ideas that they want to put together, or anybody who's just fond of networking, Liberty is a youth-led uh, creative marketing agency, and they really do a good job of you know allowing young people. I think it's from the age of I want to say sixteen to twenty-five to go there and just kind of like explore their creativity and network and meet different people. Um, yeah, so anyways, I remember um, having a loose conversation, it might have even been three years ago, with one of the homies, well, he's now my homie, and, and I asked him, um, what do you look for in a woman? I think that's what the topic of conversation was. And he said, I look for um, a person who values personal development. Actually, let me shout him out, actually, because he's actually, like, for the mandem especially, because I know sometimes guys really struggle to listen to me, because I just, just for the sheer fact that I'm a woman, you will just shut your ears and not listen to me. Um... Da, 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 da. Where's my Twitter? Da, 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 da. Richard, where are you? Okay, so you can find him at here with Richard. His name is Richard. Oh, sugar, honey, I see. I was just telling you guys how to pronounce my surname when I can't pronounce his surname. Asumuga. It's spelled A S O M U G H A. And he's a motivational speaker. 
um, yeah, he talks about confidence um, and just, you know, he, he does motivational speaking. If you don't know what that means, Google it. It's not that difficult. Uh, definitions in the word, okay? Uh, yeah, so I asked him, what do you look for in a woman? And he said he looks for a person who values personal development, a person who is emotionally intelligent and a person who's a freak, which is... When he said that, I was just like, well, 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 that's what I look for too. And I think even back then, I didn't really quite understand any of the terms because uh, he's a very erudite black man, like shout out you, Richard. Um, and I always tell him to continue to, you know, I always tell him that I admire what he does and I'm a fan of his work and I should obviously continue to do what he does because he's he changes lives and he will continue to change lives probably more than, not because he, he's very aware of his impact, but probably even more than he can see, like he's just very powerful. So after that conversation, I started to, you know, I'd study, you know, what those terms actually mean because by saying it out loud i will say you know i value somebody who values personal development but what does personal development actually mean you have to break that down into different categories personal development has a lot to, has not only to do with your, your physical being you know how you what you eat how you carry yourself day to day you know how you respond to things on a physical um basis or on, on, on physical terms but also developing yourself emotionally financially spiritually and mentally all of those things are what contribute to a person's personal development. And of course, when you talk about emotional intelligence, we're talking about both understanding your feelings, expressing them and how you respond based on your feelings. Um, and obviously, freak is a freak. Um, freak is subjective. What you consider to be a freak might not be what somebody else considers a freak. So you probably have to not necessarily sleep around. It's not really the best term, way to put it, but you, you have to um, acquire... Um, experience to identify what you like and what you don't like uh, when it comes to sex or even just uh, what can we say uh, physical compatibility <laughs> um um blah, blah, blah. so yeah back to personal development and validation i think that the, the way in which they correlate um and I, i'm actually reading a book that i want to review by Dorothy Rao. I've been reading this book for about a year now and it's been mad because I'm a, I'm, I read quite quickly but I guess well first of all somebody suggested that you could read two books at once which is something that I'm trying to implement um but I, I with this um book by Dorothy Rao um wanting everything the art of happiness I found that the reason why I've taken so long to read it is because not only am I studying the book as I study all books um it's actually it's as if each chapter has been has has been reflective of the the phase or the time that I'm that I'm experiencing or like the the season that I'm in. And then there's one bit here. Uh, sorry, let me find the page real quick. And it uh, and this phrase is repeated quite consistently throughout the book. But it's like every time I see it, it it, it marinates more and more. It says, "Oh dear, I can't find it." Um, come on. Reveal yourself. Oh, bloody heck. Where is it? Nah, I'm, this is the kind of stuff that will come and annoy me. Ah, here it is. It says, we think that the world is divided up to discrete boxes into, wow, am I reading today? I think I'm so excited. I'm buzzing off with therapy. Like I'm just like all over the place. Let's start again. It says, we think that the world is divided into discrete boxes when in fact everything that exists is continuous and flowing and the reason why that marinates 
every time I uh, I read it is because in 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 reference to the whole personal develop development and validation thing I think the more you develop yourself personally you stop seeking validation for other people and other things and um, which is why I read those two quotes in the beginning about number one having the courage to be disliked because we have to understand that there are so many different characters in the world there is just no way of possibly being liked or understood by everyone and it's like not everyone we're not all meant to understand each other like that's just not how the world works and that is okay and that's one thing that we need to very much get to grips with like the fact that you're not going to be liked you're not going to get on with everyone and that's okay and then the second thing um which i feel like i i connected with slightly more um where it said about you know, understanding that you might, you can't dictate how somebody else narrates their experience. And I have, I don't know if I spoke about this actually on, on the last um, episode with you about like the difference between being controlling, uh, compulsive, sorry, and, and vulnerable. Because I, uh, I don't even know if I've articulated that the right way. But basically I've realised that well, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I did say that in a lot, didn't I? I said it in it. Like, basically, I thought I knew how to be vulnerable, but when really I was compulsive. And what that, what I meant by that is that I do a very good job of kind of trying to dictate how I respond to things and how, um, and and, and I try to dictate how I want people to see me. By the end of the day because we all come from different places and we all see different things, my dad always used to tell me we all have eyes but we see things differently. I, I'm not in control of how people respond to me or how people understand me or what people, you know, make out of our interactions. So I should stop making myself responsible for how people feel about me. That's not my responsibility. And very quickly, this conversation is going to turn into, you know, talking about things like... Uh, <laughs> so in in this therapy session for example I, I came in buzzing like yeah um I want to tell you about some of the things I've happened I've been casted for a web series I'm super excited I feel like everything that's happened in my life so far has like you know put me has led me to the point of this point where I'm going to finally get exposure that will allow me to be able to direct people towards my podcast and the things that I'm building and allows me to brand myself then I also spoke about the fact that obviously it was my, I've recorded actually an episode on, um, on my toxic relationship with my mum, but I'm just not ready to put that out yet. It's very fresh and I'm still dealing with it at the moment. And this is the part of me that's compulsive because very often people tell me like, oh my gosh, you're so good at opening up, da, 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 da. But more often than not, I find that I'm good at talking about things that I don't feel, um, emotionally attached to and it's very easy for me to also talk about things that I've dealt with. So it's not that I'm good at being vulnerable, I'm just very controlling. So this episode about the, the my mum, I will put it out, but just when I'm ready, when I feel like I'm ready to have you hear it and have your opinion about me and my mum, because it's literally my real life. Um. So, so yeah, anyway, so yeah, me and my mum are not on good terms. I haven't spoken to her since November, since so she kicked me out or whatever. And then it was her birthday and... um. I was in limbo about whether or not I wanted to interact with her on her birthday because I felt like, you know, we, we've experienced a lot of... Well, she's 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 hurt me a lot and 
some of those experiences when I talk about being hurt include her like not wishing me happy birthday uh, several years in my life so I thought you know what I want to put my foot down and also have you feel what I felt you know on those occasions when you thought you know you don't want to wish at all happy birthday but then we've also spoken about you know me choosing to um not allow other people's actions to define how I how I act and how I respond to them. And in that conversation, I'm talking about, you know, the little story that I told you about um, my housemate, who, might I add, we are now, like, literally brethren. Like, um, he made me food the other day, we were chilling, whatever, and we're cool. And I, and I feel like that could have only happened because I chose to not marinate on the negativity and turn the situation over. And sometimes, quite frankly, you just have to create space for that to happen I'm not saying it's every time that somebody does you wrong that you have to be the bigger person because I definitely have been put in situations recently where it's like you know what I have communicated with you I have you know even brought my shoulders down and apologized in hopes of making you see that this is I haven't come here with malicious intent to fight and you are still being dismissive or you are still you know, being prideful and you don't know how to apologise, so therefore I'm going to scoot to your level and tell you your mum and ask you to fuck off and now block you. Because sometimes, motherfuckers just be pushing your buttons. And like I said, I haven't got to the point where I know how to control my uh, reactions, so don't be poking me because I will punch you in the fucking face. Yeah. Anyways, so, um, yeah, so, so my mum's birthday uh, came by and I decided that I wanted to um, send her a message. Now, I was concerned that I couldn't send her a fake message, you know, doing the whole, like, oh, hey, mom, have a good birthday. Like like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, you know, direct and clear person, and I don't really know how to be fake. Like, I just don't. So I sent her a message. It was a very emotional message. It was probably passive-aggressive. I think when I spoke to my counsellor about... When I read the, me the message to my counsellor, even when I spoke to my sister about it she's like it's quite passive aggressive but it's still like it has a lot of substance and meaning and it's, it's coming from the heart it's not insulting but whoever reads it will definitely be able to gauge that you know they hurt you and that is something that I wanted her well that's what I, I felt it's not even that I was trying to embody my messages into a message on purpose I literally wrote from my heart uh, so I sent her that message she didn't reply. I think she might have called me on WhatsApp like a few days after, but I missed her call because my notifications on my social media apps are off because I get overwhelmed with messages. It just gives me a headache. I just cannot. Um, and then the other day, uh, I can't remember what my sister had of mine or I had to get something of my sister and she told me that she's at my mum's house. Now, mind you, my mum kicked me out in November and she, um, what's it called? And yeah, she kicked me out in November I was staying with my friend from like uh, November till about March and then I got uh, housed. I got a room in, I was going to say my area where I live in for a second. Woo! 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 Almost, but not quite. So yeah, so basically ever since I, I was housed the first time, um, so, sorry, that doesn't even make sense. The first time I was housed and I got my room, it was literally like two minutes from my mum's house. And then I got how then I got, I moved again and now I'm like maybe eight minutes walk from my mum's house. And I'm just like, really, Jesus, you got banter. Like, why are you keeping me so close to this woman? Like, but even though we live so close, I'm yet to actually bump it into my mum, like, just by walking down the street. Anyways, so, yeah, my sister um, had something of mine, or maybe I had something of hers that we, I had to, like, give her. And she's like, oh, my mum's just come, because I, I basically have to get the tram 
I think I can say that. I, I live in South, live where trams run. Um, but in order for me to get to the tram stop, I have to walk past my mum's house. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to come to the house and get it and then skedaddle, basically. Two twos now. Um, I hear my mum upstairs telling my sister to turn the boiler on because she probably wanted to use the shower. Whatever. I got an adrenaline rush and I go upstairs and I knock on the bathroom like, mum, come outside. Obviously not on a gully thing, but basically come outside, innit? Um, and then she's like, um, I'm in the toilet like who is it Naomi and then she's like and then she just went quiet and I'm like okay no problem when you're ready I go back downstairs and chopping up with my sister talking 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 because she ends up um saying like do you want some breakfast whatever she was making breakfast I'm like yeah cool run that and then um she's making the breakfast my mum comes down and I kid you not and I've had a lot of conversations with my counsellor who has continued to say things like oh it sounds like you've you've had to play the parent to your parents like you, you, you're the child that kind of like challenges them and forces them to think about things in in ways that they never had to think about, kind of thing. And that's a position that I, 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 I knew I was playing, but it's not until he said it that I felt validated. And this is why I encourage people to go to therapy. Like my eyes are watering as I speak to you right now. Like therapy is not what the world makes it sound like. You don't have to be crazy to go to therapy. You're not weird for going to therapy. We all need validation. We all need to be heard. And that's what my therapist does for me. Like he even said today, like, oh, I said something like, oh, um, I'm just tired of being ahead of people when it comes to train of thought. And he said, um, so you don't feel like you've ever met anybody who thinks on your level or compliments or validates you. And I said, no, besides my therapist. And then we both started laughing. And and this is why in the films, people start fancying their therapist because, because you just get me. Like, you're just, you just get me. And you just get me. And all I ever wanted is to feel understood. And I'm just so thankful <laughs> that you understand me. No, no. Anyways, let me get back serious. So, yeah. My mum comes down and she's like, uh, the only way that I can say it, even though she wasn't physically doing it, she was like almost tiptoeing around me. She's like, uh, like yeah, like what's, what's up? And then I just stood up, turned around and hugged her and I said, I hope you had a good birthday. That's what I wanted to say. And then I turned back around, sat down and resumed my conversation with my sister. And I kid you not, I have, I don't, well, I'm not going to say I've never sat down and, and like had food across the table for my mum, but... You know how households are, like, people would more time just take their food and do whatever they're doing. My mum came in, she took her plate of food, she sat, um, like, across from me. So basically, she sat... So if you're sitting at a, at a table that's square, you obviously will have two people facing each other and other two people facing each other. So she sat immediately opposite me, but I was looking at my... Like, I sat at the table, but my body was faced towards my sister who was making food. Um, so it, it, in essence, it's kind of like an L. Yeah, so my sister would be st standing, my, my, and then immediately to her... Not that this makes any difference anyway, but to her left, or to her right, sorry, would have been my mum, and then I would have been the shorthand of the L, basically. I'm talking to my sister, and, and I can just feel my mum looking at me as if she's watching a film, like she was so shocked and bamboozled at my actions that she couldn't understand or fathom how I can send her such an emotional message probably have her not respond and I can still give her a hug anyways fast forward that happened I ate my breakfast I didn't engage in any type of conversation with my mum she wasn't speaking she was just literally looking at me I think she might have loosely had a conversation with my um I don't know terms you know like e like I don't know like like a family terms like when it comes to family tree if my mum has a cousin and 
and who so my mum's has a cousin I would probably call him my uncle but if he has a child who is that child to me it almost sounds like a riddle like yeah anyways I just call her my niece so she must have she might have had like loose conversation with my niece I even made a joke to my niece like yeah I remember when you were younger like you used to eat um rice one by one kind of thing it was just like really surface like we were talking to each other like through other people in the room anyways finished my food now leave and I felt really proud of myself I think proud is the word I'm going to use because it was very difficult for me to do that it's not it's nothing I've ever done before especially when it comes to someone like my mum like I've, I've been very I've gotten very used to dealing with her the way she deals with me which is like in a you know passive aggressive or you know immediately aggressive way or like or it or not to deal with her at all like we either you know and again that will make it sound like we don't have good times or come from like a black china kind of family or like do you, i don't know if anybody had I've, I've watched one episode of that black china show and i said do you know what this is just too toxic like as much as i as a person love watching like a lot of reality tv because i like studying human behaviors i just couldn't watch that because it was just too toxic but at the same time from what i have seen just in terms of mannerism i can identify with black china in the way in which she's very shut down um when it comes to her interactions with the world and um, and i guess that comes from her childhood um so yeah, when I left there feeling very proud of myself because I felt for the first time I took control of a situation in that the outcome was an outcome I desired and I did that without having to be mean. I, I killed, um, what's, the, what's the term? I killed, what's the term? You know the term, the kindness term? You Hey, I'm recording a podcast. I'll come out in a second. Um, I killed... What's the t what's the term? It's annoying me. But basically, I killed wickedness with kindness. But that's not the, the actual quote. But you know what I'm trying to say, basically. And 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 it's something that I did with my housemate. You know, when I was speaking about the the foil thing, him lifting my foil and him calling me miserable, and me like feeling defensive and feeling like you don't know me. How they call me defensive, and me then making him the. Or, or offering him um, peach cobbler, I re I even said to my counselor today. I think for me, when people ask me like, "Oh, like when are you gonna speak to your mum?" or like, "Do you think you're never gonna speak to your mum ever again?" It's like, no, like that's my march. Like, are you mad? Like everything that I'm doing in my life, even though we're not on good terms, even though you know I don't really necessarily understand fully why she has been so hard on me, and obviously my sister has her own story, but we come from the same home and we can identify a lot with some of our feelings towards our mum. Like, I can never understand why she could never just bring her guard down and just be nice or just be open or be vulnerable and and and, and, and hug us and tell us she loves us and say stuff like sorry when she's wrong. Um, I, I've realised that it, it, it was very easy for me to say, okay, I come from that kind of home. The way I'm going to live my life moving forward is going to be I'm going to be a nice person, not because I'm trying to prove a point, but because that makes me feel good about myself. But what I then realised going, like going to therapy is that I was detaching myself from my family and you can't run away from your family because that's your family. Like it will come back and haunt you. Like you, there's only so long you can pretend to be this happy go lucky person with the rest of the world. But it's like, when you start thinking about family members, it will bring your energy down. And it's like, if you don't deal with that, are you really a good person? Are you really nice? Are you really a product of what you're trying to put out there? If you're not really practicing it with the people that you're supposed to love the most kind of thing. 
And what I felt happy with with was the fact that I've now created an opportunity for my mum to kind of, um, if she can, or yeah, if she can, to offer me the same kindness that I'm offering her. Because where I've, you know, we talk about this reciprocating energy thing, and I know we're not really talking about validation anymore, I'm going to come back to it. We talk about reciprocating energy, and like I said earlier, of course there are going to be opportunities when people push you to show them that you're not a dickhead. But I have become the type of person that I really care about my peace. And my peace means more to me than showing people that I'm not a dickhead. And of course, I'm not a dickhead. So if you really want to bring out that side of me where I'm not all the way reformed, where I don't all the way know how to manage my anger and so forth, you will get the times when I'll, you know, I'll get drawn out and I'll 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 be petty or I'll be prideful or I'll I'll be aggressive or I'll be violent. But for the most part, I really am working really hard on making sure I present the best version of myself a few times before I feel like I'm done. And the reason why I know I'm doing this is because I've now done it with my housemate, um, which is a stranger to me. I've now done it with my mother, which is somebody that I value and love to the core of me like when I think about the definition of love or what love means to me if I have to like describe them in a physical form I would use my mum and my sister to to say what love means to me kind of thing even though they're people that they always say that no one can annoy you like your mum or your boyfriend and your siblings like yeah and talking about boyfriends even though I don't have a man I haven't had a man in the last three years I have had interactions with men but this year the first real interaction or genuine interaction that I had with a guy that I had the potential to date I really made sure that I over communicated I was patient I was you know I I accommodated and left space for us to like try and build chemistry and both be vulnerable but I think out of everything that I've learned this the 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 capacity at which I will struggle most to find a man that can handle me is or to sorry to get into a to 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 be able to be vulnerable and to to present the best version of myself is with men because I don't want to talk about you know men and women and society because I do understand how men are conditioned like differently and just quickly because I'm finding that very quickly I'm being branded as a feminist and I have no issues identifying as a feminist I am a feminist you are a feminist we are all feminist why because all feminism is is about validating and hearing women and their issues and of course the movement is polarised from extreme to, you know, not extreme. You have the very extreme women who are burning the bras and probably think, you know, men should be wiped out altogether. And then you have, you know, the ones that are on the latter end of the of the spectrum who are indifferent about, you, you know, what role women play in society. And then you have... It's, it's really much... It's very much like politics. And you have people like me who fall somewhat in the middle but I probably lean more towards the traditional side of, of 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 you know perspectives in terms of where women stand and their place in society yes I do feel like women you know should have equal pay and should be treated equally and should be sexually free and all of those things but at the same time I consider myself a modern feminist because I have somewhat traditional values when it comes to my role um as a woman within a home and my role uh, as a woman um 
in my relationships in, in relation to like my kids and what I will offer them and so forth like I very much embody and I'm happy to be a woman and I embrace my femininity femininity it feels like it's right but it also feels like it's wrong <laughs> don't quote me and don't at me um whereas you know uh, but on this on on the same like whilst we're still here kind of thing I very much advocate for people for women being independent for being strong and for having their own and all of that good stuff um I don't even remember what I was saying that oh yeah, yeah so in reference to guys the reason why I feel like I clash with a lot of guys is because men will bang on day and night about wanting a strong woman who knows her worth and you know is not scared to go for what she wants and all of these things but the minute that they get one they really don't know how to handle her and find themselves being intimidated and how they um show their intimidation is by doing little things that end up making them look like cowards um we're all insecure in it. I'm not going to act like I'm not insecure. But at the end of the day, where I'm so sure of myself, I've come to a place where I validate myself and I'm just not going to allow certain things to define me or I'm not going to feel like I have to prove myself to a man. Now, when I say the sentence, I don't have to prove myself to a man, of course, on a very human and surface level, we all have a level, uh, like a level of proving to do because we all come from different homes, different backgrounds, we all have therefore, you know, experienced things that make us not trust people or make us like have our guard up. But what I'm what I think I've done for the first time in our, in my life or in interaction with a man is to say like, look, I'm vulnerable, I'm broken here, the these are the things that make me uncomfortable. And even though I'm not going to position myself and ask you what are we because I hate that question myself as a woman. I think it's very childish to ask a man or to put that pressure on a man to ask him what are we, where are we going? When I, me as a person, I don't know what I want myself. Like I just came, my last relationship was five years ago and three years later I'm still dealing with a lot of the, the, the toxic things that I need to recover from and heal from. So it's not fair for me to ask somebody oh, what are we, like where are we going because I know for a fact that I have a lot of things as, as a, on a personal level that I need to you know deal with and get over before I can, before I'm ready to be someone's girl, someone's wife. But at the same time, life happens, you meet people that you like and you end up vibes in before you know it, you guys are spending more time that you might have initially wanted before you know it, you know, you're building on your chemistry, which means it's very important for, for, for the people that I, that are attracted to me or that, you know, I'm attracted to, to be genuine. Like, you're not the only person that's been heartbroken, bro. You're not the only person that's got trust issues, bro. You're not the only person that's insecure, bro. But what I do find is that for me, because I am very strong, I am very verbal, I am very sure of myself guys tend to like the idea of me so they like these things they'll see me on social media like yeah she don't care she don't this like she you know whatever traits of mine that they like they'll kind of like be really excited about but they don't understand that that is me in real life and what that means is that when you do something that I don't like I'm going to call you up on it and as much as I think I again this is subjective I feel like I'm very good at being a woman but I'm all women I am emotional but I also am very rational so I can do something that can be like I don't know I might lock off the phone on you for example but where I don't operate from pride which is the quote that I spoke about the first quote that I read out about um the fear of not being disliked I don't I don't have listen I don't have a problem calling you 50 times you know and I know you're thinking this is crazy but I always say when they talk about men being trash and women and women being crazy that's fine men are men can be trash let men be trash women are nurturers it might sound like a mad thing but we low-key feel like we have this god-given 
I don't know if it's right or just ability to take care of things and to fix things. To and to fix things. So if we are saying that men are trash, that means that yeah, us women, we're the people that collect the garbage, innit? Pick your trash and find a corner to sort through that your trash quietly. Equally, when they say things like women are crazy, yeah, women are motherfucking crazy. We fucking over. We were on our. We hormones, bro. Periods are a real thing. Like, cool. We only bleed for maybe. Some of us bleed for three days. Others bleed for up to seven days. Can you? You don't know what that's like, bro. That's real life. That's real hormones. Like, and like I said, we're only bleeding for that small period of time. But our hormones were. Well, is it again? My science is not that great. I failed science, so yeah, forgive me. Are what low key um ovulating throughout the whole month until we reach the age of of like sixty or I don't know when a uh, uh, menopause starts and then you stop bleeding and a lot of us are probably excited to stop to um to to stop bleeding and then you realize that you're gonna be even more mad when you stop bleeding because you need to get that shit out of you, bro. So when they say things that women are crazy, yeah, we are. Pick your crazy and shut the fuck up. Whether you're crazy is somebody who you know I don't know likes to throw tantrums or you're crazy is the type of person that likes to go out and get drunk with her friends when she um when when you piss her off like there's different types of crazy some people's crazy is that they're not going to say anything that you're going to piss them off and they're going to be mute and say nothing like just pick your type and the reason why i say this i speak listen let me tell you something yeah let me tell you something my father is 52 my father has, and he's, because we like to talk about Nigerians being trash, let me school you real quick, yeah, because the only, the only, I don't know, obviously, my people are probably going to get onto me. Me, personally, I'm speaking from my own experiences, don't attack me, the only people, or the only men that are worse than Nigerians, in my personal opinion, are Angolans and Congolese. Argue amongst yourselves! Argue amongst yourselves. Like I'll say, my dad is 52, he has five baby mothers and six children. And do you want to know something about the six children he has? They are all girls. My dad doesn't have any boys. <laughs> and even though I need to release one of my old op ep episodes, wow, one of my old episodes that I deleted about um, when my dad headbutted me when I went to see him last year. Don't laugh, it's not fucking funny. <laughs> um, what I, when we were building a, a relationship, he said to me, I used to think that it was only black women, because one of his baby mums is white, and I used to think that it was only black women that are mad. But I, I had, uh, I, obviously I had my one child of a white woman, and I realised that all women are mad, and I spent my whole life going from one woman, one woman to another woman, only to find that I had to just pick the, the, the best type of woman for me. And I'm like, wow. And, and, and when he said that, I just looked at him, I said, what a wow. What a big wow that you're coming to come to this realisation at 50 what a bloody wow look at you yeah just bloody look at yourself but at the end of the day it's real life isn't it like when they say stuff like our oh, women are wiser than men or like men uh you know attain mature maturity slightly later than women it is what it is it is what it is and how long have i been speaking now because my mouth is getting dry 42 minutes crikey yeah i mean in closing um, about the validation stuff I just think we need to stop just just be comfortable with who you are, are and be your true authentic self you don't have all the answers you don't have to be the you don't have to have all the answers and our sole responsibility is not 
to direct how other people see us and feel about us, but more so to understand who we are. And your only real responsibility each and every single day is to be the best version of yourself. Whatever you didn't like about yourself yesterday, before you go to bed, think about that one thing and think about how you're gonna how you're gonna be better the next day. Whether that's eating breakfast, whether that's reading a book, whether that's saying sorry, whether that's, you know, giving people hugs, whether that's being more verbal about the things that you like and dislike, you can only validate yourself. Like, we need to stop running around trying to get other people to validate us because at the end of the day, more time, you will never really be able to get the validation that you seek from other people. Like, only you can give yourself that true validation. And, you know, that's why they talk about things like self-love and knowing yourself. So, yeah. Personal growth is a concept. They don't teach that in schools, but I am here to tell you that it is. Emotional intelligence, ugh, emotional intelligence is also a concept. They don't teach us that in school, but I'm here to tell you that those are all things that, whilst we're out here striving to be rich and to have all of these tangible things, let's work on ourselves. Thank you. Bye.